This morning, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to look at a passage that is really one of the most familiar passages in all of the Scripture. I mean, you've heard this story before, but I want to challenge us today not to just settle into, I've heard that before. You know, when, I, when, um, <laughs> when Emily and Eric, my, my two oldest, were, were about five and three, this was before Maggie came into our world, um, I, I had this conviction that I, I wanted them to know the Bible. I, I needed to be uh, sharing what was in the Bible with them, and I, didn't, I shouldn't hold back on anything. I mean, I, I felt like the, the Word of God would equip them for life, and the Word of God would make them strong. I, I really I had that conviction. And so I remember they were five and three, and uh, I went home one day, and I was like, we're going to read the story of David and Goliath, and I wasn't going to hold back. And so I said, get on, let's get on the bed, kids. Let's go through the story. And I went through the whole story. I went through the text and said, this is what happened, and, and man, this is what David did, his brother did, and this is what King Saul did. And, and I got to Goliath, and man, David hit him with a rock. And, and I said, then Eric, you know what he did next? And Eric was like, what, Dad? And he's, I said, he cut his head off and put it on a stick and carried it around. And Eric was like, that's kind of gross, Dad. And, and I was like, yeah. And then it was just the weirdest moment as a father. But, um, but you know, Emily was just like, wow. But do you know that I still have that conviction that God's Word equips us for life, that God's Word makes us strong? And today, we're going to engage this story like it's written in the text. And then we're going to take some time to look at the heart of David. Because there's some important lessons for us to know, to learn from the heart of David. Because we just saw, as we, if you've been with us over the last several weeks, as we've been walking through 1 Samuel, Samuel anointed David as, as king, but nobody knew it. Just Samuel and God. David didn't even recognize it. And so he, and, and when David walks in, he was like, look, that's, what I, that's the man after my heart. God said to Samuel, I don't look like man looks. I look at the heart. And so he anoints David king, and then David goes back into watching sheep. And then we notice, we, we saw last week in 1 Samuel 16, how Saul was tormented by God. He was stuck in his disobedience, and he was refusing to obey God. And, and they had heard of David, and David comes in to play his lyre, to play his harp for, for, Dave, for Saul. And, and Saul was relieved, and the worship of David helped Saul. And, and then David goes back, and he's watching sheep. And we pick up in 1 Samuel 17. Now, we have, a, we have something we do as a church. When, when we read the Word of God, we have a practice, and this is not new to us. This has honestly been practiced for centuries. God's people, when they would come together, they would read the Word of God. They would stand in honor of God's Word. And then the preacher or the pastor would make a proclamation that this is not my word, this is the word of God, and the people would respond in unison, praise be to God, because we are grateful for the word of God, because God's word equips us for life. God's word makes us strong. 
So we're only going to stand and read verses 4 through 11 today, but I want you to stay in 1 Samuel 17, and let's look at this biblical account of, of God's people and the life of the Philistines. Would you stand with me? And let's read God's word. Verse 4. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on, he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. He had the shaft, the shaft of his spear was a, like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And his shield bearer went before him, and he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we shall be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks. You may be seated. Now, let's look at some details. Now, stay here with me in this chapter. And it's a long chapter, but, but I want us to cover it real quick. Now, you've got to understand, the, the war is going on between the, the Philistines and Israel. And, you know, initially, when you started the book of 1 Samuel, Israel was really weak. The Bible says that only Saul and Jonathan had swords. So they, were, they didn't have many resources, but God had blessed them in spite of Saul's disobedience. God had blessed them. They were a lot stronger now. So the Philistines, they didn't like to die. The, Israel was a little bit tougher enemy. So they had this tactic, and it was not uncommon for, for uh, armies to have representative warfare. And this is what's going on. They said, hey, let's not all die. Let's just get one of our best guys to fight against one of your best guys, and we'll settle the battle that way. And that's what's going on. Now, they had Goliath. Now, we know from the text we just read that Goliath was about nine feet tall, okay? That's a big dude, okay? Um, and he's a specimen. He's huge. And, and his, his verse 6 talks about his armor weighed about 125 pounds. Now, think about that. You're, you're fighting, if you've ever been in a wrestling match or something like that, you're fighting with 125 pounds on your body. I mean, that's crazy to me. His spear shaft, it says like a weaver's beam, it was really, really thick, and it makes a point that the tip of his spear weighed about 16 pounds. Now, if you ever ran track or were a part of a track team, a shot put, if you ever held a shot put, that's about 16 pounds. Isn't that right? About 16 pounds. Think about that. You have a shot put at the end of your spear that you're throwing. That would be a real bummer, getting hit with a 16-pound metal object and, uh, that's sharp. Okay, bad day. And he could throw it. 
He was a champion. He, we know about Goliath. And now, when you look at this story, I, I want you to know, notice verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And then David comes in. Now, all my life, and we've looked at this story of David and Goliath, Goliath and David. But you know, this story really is not about David and Goliath. This story is about David and God. That's really what this story is about. Because look at, look at verse 14, and let's kind of walk through this and let God's Word just kind of speak to us. And I don't want to mess it up, so we're just going to let the Bible speak. David was the youngest... The three eldest brothers followed Saul, verse 14, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So we see here, David's going back and forth. He's, he's serving the sheep. Sometimes he would go to Saul and play for him, and then he'd go back and work on the sheep. Now, being a shepherd, that wasn't like the most glamorous job. There's a reason the youngest brother is feeding the sheep and take care, taking care of them. And, um, but look at verse 16. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward, took his stand morning and evening. Now, think about this. 40 days. Morning and evening, Goliath's going out going, hey, you pansies, you want to fight? Come on. I'm defying you, and nobody's going. This is like the worst schoolyard fight you've ever witnessed. You remember when you are in grade school and the kids come together and go, I'm going to hit you. No, I'm going to hit you. No, I'm going to hit you. Imagine them doing that, and no one hits anybody. They don't really want to fight. They're just like, you're lucky. You're, no, you're lucky. And that, that, this is 40 days of that. Would that get anointing? I would, I mean, can you imagine going to a school fight like that? I mean, every, who would go, I'm going to hit you. You know, I would jump up and hit him. I mean, that, can you imagine this? 40 days, the same thing. Look at verse 22. David leaves things in charge of the keeper of the baggage. J David shows up because his dad says, hey, go give some stuff to your brothers. He shows up. He leaves his stuff with the, with the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he's talking to his big brothers, behold, verse 23, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before, and David heard him. David's like, what did he say? I mean, have you ever had that moment when someone that, goes, what'd you say? That, that's, what, that's what happened right here. David's like, what'd he say? All right. Verse 24, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And David's watching this. And then the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to these men who stood by him, hey, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? Um, and then he says, I love this, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And check out what he says, that he should defy the armies of the living God. David's like, who's this guy? When everybody else hears Goliath and they're like, oh man, look how big he is. David's looking at him going, who's that guy? I like that. Verse 28, as David's big brother hears him talking now, I'm a little brother. 
Okay, and I've had my big brother grab my hand and say, hey, quit hitting yourself. Anybody have that happen to you? I hated that. I told my brother, when I get older, I'm going to be bigger than you, and I'm going to do that to you. i never done that yet. Um, but I, he, my brother won't fight me now because I'm bigger than he is. But, but Eliab, his older brother, looks at him and he says, and it says, Eliab's anger was kindled against David. He's like, what are you doing here? Go watch the sheep, you little punk. It's basically interpretation loosely. Verse 29, David's like, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he's like, forget you, bro. Verse 31, when the words of David, when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and Saul sent it for him. And David said to Saul, look what he says to the king, Let no man's heart fail because of him, because of Goliath. Your servant will go fight this Philistine. I can imagine David looking at Goliath going, look at that forehead. Dude, I could hit that. I mean, come on. That's a big old forehead over there. When everybody's looking at Goliath going, look how big he is, David's going, yeah, that forehead's huge. I could nail that. (laughs) He does. And so, verse 33, Saul said to David, look, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you're but a youth, and he's been a man of war from his youth. And then David articulates this, Saul, don't, I want you to know that there were times I was, I was watching sheep and, and, and a bear would come out, and I killed a bear. A lion would come out, and I, I killed a lion. Man, I, I, God protected me. Look at verse 37. David said, the Lord, look at that, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Okay, notice that. This is about David and God. He's like, hey, the Lord's going to deliver me like he's done in the past. You know what Saul says? Saul's looking at this little kid, teenager. So if you think you're a teenager and you can't make a difference, that's what's going on. David's a teenager. You can make a difference. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. That, that's not a, I don't think that's a confident prayer. He's like, okay, I hope God's with you, man, because he's big. And David's going, yeah, he's big. That forehead's huge. 38. Then Saul has this dumb idea. He clothed David with his armor and put on, I mean, this is like when you're a little kid and you put on your dad's clothes and it just doesn't work. You know, you're not supposed to wear your dad's clothes when you're young and it's not fitting. And David's like, look, I can't go with these. Look at this. I can't, verse 39, I can't go with these. I've not tested them. So David put them off. He took a staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook, put them in his shepherd's pouch, His sling was in his hand, and I love this. And he approached the Philistine. (laughs) Isn't that cool? I mean, that's like, he approached him. He ran into that battle. I don't know, that's cool to me. I love that. And the Philistine moved forward, verse 41, and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. Now, Hey, shield bearer, you go in front. I bet, I bet David's looking at him like, I don't have a shield bearer, wuss, you know, or something like that. Verse 42, 
When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air, the beasts of the field. And look what David said. David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistine this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And, and, all, and look at this. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He's like, I, the whole world's going to know that there's a God in, the, in Israel right here because of what I'm going to do to you. And, all, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. Look at this, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. Look at this, verse 48. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David, David quickly ran towards the battle line. Okay, that's cool. David ran into that battle. And David put his hand in the bag took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on that big old forehead that he had. And the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. And there was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran, stood over the Philistine, and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath, killed him, cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And then like the story goes, David put it on a stick and carried it around. Eric, is that still gross to you? That's cool. That's a cool story. You know... This story is about David and God. And here is God's people all around David. And they they looked at Goliath and they said, oh, we're afraid. We're afraid of Goliath. Oh, my goodness. Look how big he is. And David walked up and said, look how big our God is. This is a story about David and God. Now, let's learn some things from the heart of David quickly, if you have your notes. I want us to to turn our spotlight on his heart. How was he able to walk into that scene when all of these warriors, all of these men that were stronger than him, bigger than him, more powerful than him, even Saul himself was the tallest one in in all the nation of Israel. And he was afraid to walk out there. What made David look at this situation and say, I'm going to run into that battle line. I'm going to face that big old dude. And God's going to help me. Number one is this. He trusted God. David trusted God. 
And, and when the whole nation was fearful, when, when all of God's people were so afraid, David said, whoa, 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 don't you know how big God is? Do you know that recently, I've had conversation after conversation with people that say, look at our nation, I'm so fearful. Look at what's going on with our political system, I'm so afraid. Oh my goodness, look at Russia is doing this, and you have ISIS, and there's so many terrors in the world. And we're so afraid. Oh, Chris, the, the world's coming against Christians. Oh, all those things are true. But, but we are a people that don't look at those things with the Fox News perspective of, oh my gosh, it's going crazy. Oh no, what are we going to do? But we look at those things in light of how big our God is. Folks, we have got to be a people that trust the Lord. And the heart of David is so important for us to connect with this morning because he looked at all the problems of his nation, all the problems that's going on in his world, the personal fear that he had. And he said, look how big our God is. And, and I, this is my prayer for us, that we are a people that say, God, we will trust you regardless of the threats, regardless of the fear, regardless of the problems that are coming our way. Lord, we trust you. See, Jeremiah the prophet spoke about this, and I want us to see this verse in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8. It says this, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. Now, now look at this for a second. Let's go back to that first verse. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man whose trust is the Lord. And he gives this picture that if you trust the Lord, you're like a tree that's planted by the streams. It's strong. It's fed. Its roots go deep. And look at this, and, and does not fear when the heat comes. You know, there are times that heat comes to all of us, that, that there are times that we'll get that phone call of we've got cancer or we'll have that struggle that we're facing of, oh my goodness, I didn't see that coming. Heat comes to us, but when you when you trust in the Lord, you're strong when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And then it goes, and it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And even in times when, when there's drought in our souls or, or there's, there's times when we lose our job and we're, we don't know how income's going to come in, that there are times of drought, but, but the, the person that trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord, is the Lord's, they're strong regardless of the circumstance. Let's, let's connect with this incredible truth that David trusted God, and I want us to see today we can trust him too. In light of what's going on in our nation, let's be a people that trust the Lord because as we trust the Lord, the world will know that there is a God that's alive. I mean, David was saying, look, we trust in the living God. I mean, our God's a, a living God. He hears us. So when we pray for these families, God's actually hearing us and answering and moving and leading. 
Our prayers aren't just hitting the ceiling. We don't pray to a God who can't hear or see. We pray, we serve a God that's actively involved, is leading us, is moving us. Trust the Lord today. Don't be gripped by the fear of, oh no, if, if I've read this week that if, if Hillary Clinton's elected, it's going to be death to America. Or if Donald Trump's going to be elected, God's going to curse us. I'm not saying our election doesn't matter. But folks, let's trust the Lord. We trust the Lord. And that's, we got to hear that today. Second thing, we look at the heart of David. Why was he able to look at that battle line and run to it? Well, we know this about David. David spent significant time with the Lord. David was, was with the Lord. I mean, as he was watching sheep, he was spending time with the Lord. We know this because of all the psalms that he wrote. We, we know that, that he was a worshiper, just like we saw last week in 1 Samuel 16, how he would worship, and, and that's a reflection of his time with the Lord. And see, um, David understood this. He was impacted by the power of spending time with the Lord. And this is why it's important for you every day to connect with the Lord and, and to look to him and, and to, to learn to have a quiet time and learn to get on your knees and practice praying and, and learn to interact with the Lord every day. You know, it's my, as your pastor, I want to equip you for the work of ministry and so I'll teach the word the best I can. But the reality is you shouldn't just rely on me to feed you. I've heard a lot of criticisms about pastors like, oh, that pastor's not deep enough, or his preaching's not deep enough. It's, it's up to you to feed yourself spiritually. David spent time with the Lord. Yes, I've got to preach the Word. I'm not saying that. But you've got to learn to spend time with the Lord. Let's not miss the fact that David was a worshiper. He was one that turned his face to God all the time. And we see this day after day. That made his heart strong. That caused him to, to look at the spiritual battle or the, the real battle. We face a spiritual battle. And when we spend time with the Lord, that helps us run to that battle line. And I'll tell you, I, I want to be a believer. I want to be a follower of Christ that runs to the battle, not runs away from the battle. One of the things I love about being a, a pastor at a local church is we are on the front lines of ministry in this community, and that's what a church is. A church is called to be on the front lines of ministry. That's who we are. Spending significant time with the Lord is important. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24. It says, if you hear these words of mine and put them into practice... You're like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains come, the winds blew, and it beat against that house, and it did not fall. See, that's what David was like. He was strong. He was firm because he spent time with the Lord. Third thing about David's heart, and I want you to see this. I want us to connect with this because we've read this story so much, but, but David chose this powerful path of servanthood. And I don't want you to miss this today because it's interesting to me that David was anointed by Samuel and then he goes back to watch sheep. Okay, that's not a glamorous job. He was serving his father, serving, doing his job. Then he goes into the king's service and the king says, hey, I like him. 
this guy liked playing the harp. Now, it's interesting to me because you get to the end of this chapter, and it seems like Saul doesn't even know him because Saul's mind is not right. David's playing the harp for him. He likes him, but he hasn't really gotten to know David, really. Because you see at the end of chapter 17, he's like, who is this guy? Who did he come from? Oh, yeah, that's the, I know it's the harp kid that just killed Goliath, but who is he? But it's interesting how David was just a humble servant. You see the fact that he wasn't saying to Saul, hey, look who I am. I'm all big and mighty. No, he was a servant. And I want you to understand the powerful path of servanthood. And it reminds me of something, because we look at David and Goliath and we think, wow, what a cool moment. He had this public victory, and all the nation looked at him and thought, man, that's cool. But can I point to the fact that David's battle with Goliath revealed his heart. It didn't produce his heart. His heart was revealed when he stood in front of Goliath. And see, so often we crave this public spotlight, but I want you to see this. Your private life is the power behind any public platform. And so it matters what you do privately. And my prayer for you is that you don't just focus on what everybody can see, but see, what does God see in your life? What are you like when nobody's looking? See, when I, when I look at David, you can't get away from the fact that he, had this, he was powerfully used by the Lord, but, but his, the powerful path of servanthood was what gave him the strength publicly. Don't miss that. You know, I, th- I think about Matthew 20, what Jesus said in Matthew 20, 26 through 28, when Jesus said, it shall not be so among you. How about these Pharisees? And, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. See, God's called us to servanthood. Some of you in your walk with the Lord, you're bored because you're, you're kind of living for yourself. You're not looking for ways to serve. And, and I want you to know at our church, we have so many needs around us. We have so many th- ways that you could serve the Lord. Plug in. Get to ser- learn how to serve Christ. Don't miss the powerful path of servanthood. Last thing about David, I love this. David was all in. And David was all in right here. He was like, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm going all the way. I'm, I'm wholehearted. I'm, I'm, give, I'm laying it all on the line. Here's, a, here's a, go, a giant in front of him, and David runs to that battle line as a teenager with a rock. And, and I love it because David runs to that battle line, Goliath's mouthing off, talking trash, telling him he's going to kill him, and David's like, hmm. Hey, everybody, look. 
and the Philistines ran. Now, folks, life's too short. And these days that we live in are too critical for you to be a casual follower of Jesus. And I want you to see this, that if you want to be confident, you need to find a cause greater than yourself and invest your life in it. You see, God has called us to a cause greater than ourselves. He's called us to, he's given us this amazing responsibility. And I am blown away at the responsibility that God has given us to be a witness for him, to, to represent Christ. Like, like 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are his ambassadors for Christ. We are called to represent him in a world that desperately needs to know him. And I, I pray that we recognize that we're called to be all in. Is that you today? You know, here you have the Philistines. They were lost. They, they rebelled against God. They said, God, we're not going to follow you. We don't acknowledge you. And you may have walked in this room, and your life has been like this to God. I will not acknowledge you. And I want you to know that you cannot ignore the living God. He will not be ignored by us, by any human being. That's why the scripture says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. Don't live your life like this. Are you like Eliab and all of God's people that were just so fearful? They couldn't see God because they were like, Goliath is so big. It's so difficult. Are you going to be like David and go, man, look at that forehead. That's huge. I can't miss that. That's who we got to be. Look at these problems that we're facing. Oh, that's a great opportunity for the world to see that God is faithful. A president that doesn't honor the Lord is a great opportunity for us to be the church, to show what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he can do and how he can love and serve and help transform. See, the problems we're facing is nothing but the greatest opportunity that the church has had in a long, long time. We get to follow Jesus in a world that it looks different following Jesus. So let's trust him. And let's be one of those people. Let's be those people that run to that battle line and say, Lord, we're going to be faithful. We're going to trust you. Now, don't be mistaken. I'm not saying we should hit everybody that doesn't know Jesus with rocks, okay? But our God is living because Jesus came. He was born in a miraculous way, and he, and he lived this life that was incomparable, and he, and he went to the cross, and he died. Then he rose from the dead, 
we serve the living God who right before their eyes was, he ascended into heaven and the disciples stood there and he said, look, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and we have the Holy Spirit giving us power, leading us, guiding us, helping us, empowering us. Be all in today. We're going to have an invitation and and I love them. I love invitations because we're called to move. I love it. I loved it today because our altars were filled with people praying for others. And that's what, we, that's, that's what our church is. If you're afraid, get on your knees today and say, Lord, I'm, run to the battle line here. And say, Lord, I'm, I see how big you are. And I'm pumped to serve you. If you need to pray with somebody, if you need to join our church, you come. Would you stand where you are? Lord Jesus, today I thank you for the power of your word. It makes us strong.